From Vine Pairs New York City headquarters, I'm Adam Teeter. And I'm Joanna Sherino. And in Seattle, Washington, I'm Zach Jabal. And this is the Friday Vine Pair Podcast. And guys, I mean, I know I've talked about this a lot recently, <laughs> but it's white truffle season, motherfuckers. And you know how much I love truffles in general. I think if I was able to come back as anything, I'd come back as a truffle pig. Uh, now, we're going to learn, though. I'm they, they don't get to eat them, Adam. Well, so actually, actually, <laughs> I've brought a really special guest because we're going to learn that there's the reason there's no truffle pigs anymore mm. is because they do eat them. <laughs> and that's the problem. And you can't train a pig like you can train a dog. And so, without further ado, I'd like to introduce you guys, introduce you guys to a really special guest who's become a friend on a very few short weeks, <laughs> Dave Prasad, who is uh, who works at Sabatino Truffles. Uh, Sabatino Tartuffi. Uh, Dave, how you doing? Great. Glad to be here. Thank you so much for coming. And not only is he going to be an excellent guest, but he is also going to offer every single listener of the Vine Pair podcast 15% off anything you buy at Sabatino Tartuffi through the holidays. Wow. All you have to do is enter Vine Pair 15. You should know how to spell Vine Pair if you listen to the podcast. <laughs> All caps plus the two numbers, one five. When you check out, and you get 15% off everything at the, in the store, including white and black truffles, which is dope. That's I'll give the code nice. one more time. Thank you so much, Dave. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you're welcome. So, Dave, you, how did you get into truffles? How did your career begin? It's It's been a long, delicious journey. So I started off in chocolate, <laughs> and then okay. I went into uh, lamb, which is we were importing meat from Australia and New Zealand, lamb meat. Um, wow. And there I started making connections in the wine industry. I've always loved wine. Um, then I went to work for a wine importing company for a few years. Um, and now I'm in the wonderful world of truffles. So life just gets more and more delicious with each job. I take. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it about truffles that is just so alluring to people? Like when, when you're out in the world and you're talking to chefs and you're talking to consumers, because I think Sabatino mostly supplies chefs, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So most of our business is on the food service side. Um, so mm-hmm. working with chefs, restaurant owners, uh, hotels, hospitality industry overall. Um, but we do have a fair amount of retail business. So grocery stores, specialty delis, that sort of thing as well. And, and what is it about truffles that when you hear from people, like why people are so obsessed with them? Well, right away, it's kind of like wine. You, you first see it. And when you first see a truffle, it's got this craggy exterior and it's kind of alluring. It's got a mystique to it. But really, it's the it's the fragrance that hits you. It's just this really intoxicating aroma. Um, it, it's just it engulfs your senses right away. So you'll see when chefs are picking out truffles from us, they the first thing they do is they pick it up. They look for a really nice round truffle. But the next thing they do is they really just bring it up to their their noses and inhale the aroma because it's just so intoxicating. It's deep, it's rich, it's robust, and there's no other food ingredient like it in the world. For for those who are haven't yet had the the deep privilege of experiencing truffles in many forms, what what is the sort of principal difference whether it's flavor, aroma, otherwise between, you know, white and black truffles kind of at large? That's a great question. So, white truffles are the rarest truffles in the world and that's mostly because we haven't figured out how to cultivate and grow them. Um, whereas black truffles, various black truffle varieties, we've 
figured out ways to cultivate them. What we do at Sabatino is we've got a, a huge amount of land um, in Umbria, Italy, where we cultivate truffles by inoculating sap tree saplings with the fungal spores that help that eventually become truffles. So on an annual basis, we're planting tens of thousands of trees across our plant, our truffle plantation in Umbria. Um, but the demand for truffles is so large that we also um, source from other areas in Italy as well as France and Spain. Um, but black truffles have a much deeper, kind of richer aroma and fragrance um, as well as flavor, whereas white truffles have a more bright, um, kind of garlicky, walnut, hazelnutty kind of aroma. So then because of those differences, like how would you want to use each differently? Sure. So I think truffles really stand out whenever they're paired with starches and fats. So more traditionally, truffles are served with pastas. They're served with risotto, um, polenta, things that really kind of are somewhat blank canvases for the truffle to really stand out because really you want the truffle to take center stage um, on a mm -hmm. dish. Um, but one of the simplest ways and, and most enjoyable ways to have truffles is just simply shaved on top of scrambled eggs or a lightly buttered pasta. This way you really get the truffle flavor and aroma coming through. Um, more often than not, when you're in a restaurant and you see chefs using it, they will prepare a very sort of simplistic dish that um, is a little bit more neutral on the flavor side so that the truffles really do stand out from the dish. You don't really want too many competing flavors. Right. So Adam kind of alluded to this in the beginning, but maybe you can uh, walk us through how, how truffles are harvested. By pigs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the truffle pig, as we like to say here, was the OG truffle hunter. Um, it's kind of how truffles were first discovered. Someone thousands of years ago noticed truffle, uh, pigs in the forest digging up truffles just furiously um, and, and engorging themselves with it. Um, and they That's had crazy. the cojones, let's say, to <laughs> actually say, hey, let's, let's give that a shot. Um, you know, what doesn't kill you, right? So um, <laughs> thousands of years ago, somebody said, all right, let's, let's give this a shot. And they discovered, wow, truffles are really um, amazingly flavorful. Fast forward, um, you know, eons and eons to, you know, the 1900s, truffle pigs were still being used, but over time, they figured out that truffle dogs were much more um, effective in finding truffles in that they you don't have to fight them once they find the truffle. <laughs> the reason you have to fight a pig, a truffle pig, um, is the truffle aromas and the, vial, the volatile organic compounds very closely mimic the pheromones of a male pig in heat. So female pigs were typically used to find truffles because they found, you know, they would smell these pheromone-like oh. aromas coming out of the ground and furiously dig them up um, because they, you know, thought, hey, it's sexy time. So, oh. um, <laughs> so, you know, as you can imagine, it was kind of tough to get the pigs to let go of that truffle once they found it because they would just try to eat it. 
and it's much easier to wrestle an 80 pound dog than it is a 400 pound <laughs> pig so um the government of italy actually outlawed truffle pigs in 1985 um besides wow. the fact that you know they probably didn't want to pay for like shoulder surgery for their truffle hunters um under <laughs> their medical system over there they also um realized that tr that pigs are their hoofs are really detrimental to the root systems of trees so as they're digging they tend to damage the root systems and that creates all sorts of like forestation issues um in italy so it was a oh, kind of two-pronged approach um on the italian government side to outlawing truffle pigs wow. i have one more question for you dave which is you know Adam on the podcast has expressed his love of white truffles, which I think I certainly and Joanna share. And you mentioned that sort of one of the methods that is most common is just, you know, sort of thin, very, very thinly shaved over, you know, your pick your starch, your fat, whatever. But for people who are interested in some of the flavor, but for whom purchasing a white truffle might feel like a little more of a step than they want to take, what are some other ways to get some of that flavor um, that are maybe less of a commitment than an actual truffle? Yeah, so I would always recommend if you're after the white truffle flavor, um, tr the truffle aromas and flavors are very fat soluble. So that's why truffle oil is a very sort of common ingredient used by chefs. Um, and our truffle oils, what we do is we have access to the most truffles across Italy, across most of Europe. But as I mentioned, chefs really look, it's kind of like the, the four S's of wine. You, you see, si sniff, you know, swirl, um, sniff again, and then sip. Um, for chefs, they really want a nice round truffle. And anything that doesn't kind of meet the aesthetic qualities of, you know, what truffle, what chefs would like, will often be used on our side. You know, there's still perfectly good truffles and loaded with these aromas we use a steam extraction process which is kind of like distilling so we'll extract the flavor out of the actual truffles to create our truffle oils so what you'll notice with our truffle oils is they're much more complex and they give you a pretty round robust profile of um, the white truffle without having to spend a ton of money on um, on the actual white truffle itself so Dave, I was I wanted to ask you a question about truffle oils as well. So I'm glad that, that Zach got us there. There are differences though, right? In truffle oil, like aren't there some truffle oils that are basically all chemicals? There are. Um, you know, I can't speak too uh, too well to those because all of our truffle oils that we make are all natural. So as I mentioned, mm -hmm. when you have access to the real deal, we don't really have to go down that route, but. You know, right. the industry is kind of tarnished by some of those bad, you know, bad actors. Um, so it is it is really um, unfortunate. But for us, we really focus on giving an authentic expression of what the truffle is in all the products we create. Right. So you want to look for an oil that actually has natural truffle has extract truffle in it, it, right? It actually has truffle yeah. in it as opposed to something that maybe doesn't say that at all. Just right. tastes like flavor. Yeah, that has flavor. Exactly. So for us, you know, as I mentioned, we extract that flavor from actual white truffles and black truffles for our truffle oils. Um, so what you want to look for is something that's labeled all natural. Um, and usually it will say it's infused. Um, and that's how mm -hmm. you know it's, it's they're using actual truffles and infusing that kind of flavor 
that's extracted from the truffles into mm. the oil. And as I mentioned, um, those volatile organic compounds are really, really fat soluble. So that makes mm-hmm. it so that the truffle flavor and aromas really stretch a, a long way once you start adding, um, adding it to fats. Amazing. So one last question for you. I mean, you talked a lot about delicate pairings with these truffles. What, when I see certain, you know, in Instagram photos, especially of, you know, a chef or someone who's like taken a ridiculous burger and then shaved a ton of black truffles over it or a steak, like what are the truffles bringing to those? Is that kind of overkill? Is that more just because it, it looks awesome and, and sort of baller or is the truffle bringing something to those, those types of cuisines as well? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. Like certainly, okay. you know, having mm-hmm. truffles shaved on your dish at the restaurant makes you a baller, right? It's, it kind of <laughs> gets everybody in the restaurant turning around looking at you like, hey, that guy's a big spender, right? Um, but on the, uh, the burger is a great example. If you're shaving black truffles or white truffles for that matter on a burger, what they're adding is that earthiness, that really um, they're adding umami and a lot of more robust, deeper, richer, earthier flavors to the burger. So I would kind of call it maybe like your best mushroom burger on steroids, Mm -hmm. right? It's like (laughs) just that much richer, that much deeper, um, and, and that much more of an intense flavor, um, that you're going to get. And it kind of complements. if you think about, you know, mushrooms and beef, think like beef bourguignon as a good kind of classic pairing of the two this would be that you know kind of a hundred x wow and then i guess in terms of the white and the black truffle white truffles are only available for a very specific amount of time right whereas black are sort of year-round sort of so i'll start with the white truffles those start coming becoming available around late October, early November, and they'll last through New Year's, maybe into January, mid-January. Okay. Um, the last couple of years, we've actually seen white truffles coming in as late as early February, like getting us to Valentine's Day. Um, wow. That's more of an anomaly. Um, whereas black winter truffles, those sort of come online around November and that season for black winter truffles will go as far as March comfortably. Sometimes okay. the season can even stretch into or like the first week of April. Um, then there's a little bit of a lull um, for a month or so. And then black summer truffles come online. So that season will run from May, early May to September ish. Um, so you do have access pretty much year round to black truffles in some form. Um, black winter truffles are much more intense and robust versus black summer truffles. But um, if you think about it in terms of the cuisine of the the season, you're eating lighter cuisine in the summer anyway. So you don't necessarily mm-hmm. need that intensity. Um, one of the things that we've done is we've partnered with uh, truffle growers down in Australia and we've helped them plant um, truffle plantations in Western Australia, um, mm. a little east of Perth. And that gives us the ability to bring black winter truffles to the North American market and, and you know, the global market um, in the typical summer months. So from, say, late May through mo- a good chunk of August, 
you'll see black winter truffles available from Australia from us. Um, okay. We pretty much only focus on the most popular and most in-demand truffle species um, to import to to the U.S. and, and globally. Um, but there are something like 200 plus tr- species of truffles, but there's really only four species that are sort of in demand. And it's mostly because of their aromatic and flavor profiles. That's very cool. Well, Dave Prasad, thank you so much for joining us and talking to us about one of my favorite things, truffles. <laughs> uh, for everyone who is listening, uh, you know, there's no better way to start your Friday than a 15% discount, <laughs> which we did not ask you to offer, but mm-hmm. you very graciously did. Um, so you just have to type in VinePair15 at sabatinotruffles.com and you get some fresh truffles for New Year's Eve, which sounds pretty dope to me. Or, yeah. you know, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever, whatever you need, mm-hmm. get some fresh truffles uh, or some other amazing products you guys have, like the oils we talked about, the truffle zest, uh, the spreads, all that great stuff. So thank you again so much for, um, for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, and happy holidays to everyone. Whew! I love truffles. <laughs> I feel All like right, I have Adam, to buy some now. How many did you order? Yeah. That, I mean, I, I was just code. playing around with the, because I mean, with the, to look, because it says, I mean, look, I'm not going to go buy a crazy white truffle, but like you could get, you can get a half ounce white truffle for $124, and with a 15% discount, that's not bad for like two people to have some white yeah. truffle over some pasta or eggs over the holidays. It's very special. Yeah, it's like a special thing or like an ounce of truffle for 250. So, 15% off that takes you to like what? 200? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's special. Oh, but, it's yeah. special. But we talk about buying wines and stuff like that at this price all True, the time. Yeah. So, for I don't sure. know, man, no, sabatinotruffles.com, totally. vine pair, all <laughs> caps 15, you know, get that money. I mean, I yeah. I don't know. I I've I've gotten I've had one You're white, biased. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's fun. But the black truffles are actually really affordable. I mean, an, a one ounce black truffle on the site's 90 bucks. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it is literally $160 cheaper than another white truffle ounce. Plus, then you get 50% off. 15%. 15. Off. 15, <laughs> not 50. 15. I mean, that, I mean that's, that's a pretty, even black truffles are baller. It's just that, as yeah. he mm-hmm. said, it's, you can cultivate them. So it allows for, a much more affordable experience. Black Black Winter Truffle with your, you know, New Year's Eve dinner. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm meant to do this. I'm into yeah. this. I, can I tell you guys my one other, my one other little interesting fact? So I, as I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, one of the first times we talked about truffles, I went on this uh, expedition when I was in Piedmont with uh, my wife and a truffle hunter and his dog. And he told us the really interesting thing was, so as Dave mentioned that, you know, with the pigs, when they use the pigs, they didn't have to do anything because the pigs are sort of naturally drawn to the truffle aromas. And with dogs, they, you know, they don't give a shit about truffles, which is great because you don't have to fight them for them. But it does mean you have to convince them. You have to teach them to, to hunt for them. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to teach them to actually want them. <laughs> the way they do it, which I think is or one of the ways they do it, which I think is super interesting, is they actually, uh, he said, like, they apply a tiny amounts of truffle oil to the nipples of the, like, mother as the, you know, sort of perspective uh, truffle dogs are like first nursing and they, asso- wow. they learn to associate that smell from like essentially birth. Um, and I just, this, the picture of like this rustic Italian gentleman, like using a, a you know, like an eyedropper or something to like, you know, dab train, small amounts of truffle puppies. oil on the, yeah. yeah, just was like, I was like, this is uh, sure. Why not? That seems like a good strategy. <laughs> yeah. I can't really think of a better one. 
That's yeah, hilarious. Brilliant. I never, I never realized that's how they would do it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it does make sense. So, hmm. I think what's funny though is, you know, we've talked about this a bunch, and we were sort of, you know, we asked Dave about the the shaving the truffles over ostentatious burgers and things like that. I wonder why we haven't seen it in cocktails. Like, it's such an aromatic mm-hmm. garnish, right? And cocktails are all about aromatics. Like, I wonder why you don't see, even with just black truffles, like someone doing this, we're, we're at the point now where people are doing caviar bumps all over the country. Like, why don't you think we see black truffle garnishes? I think it's because it, it really can overwhelm. Hmm. And I think maybe because the caviar, like caviar has this tradi- tradition of being served with vodka, mm-hmm. which doesn't really have any flavor to impart. Um, and then to put like, I just feel like truffles don't have the same tradition. And so Mm -hmm. to add them to a drink and probably you'd be adding truffle oil, which I really think has the capacity to overwhelm. Um, that's why we don't see it. I also think if the truffle oil is fake, like we talked about, it's it's disgusting. Fake truffle oil is like the worst. It is, it is a scourge on the, uh, in the cooking scene, I think, right now. And we see it so often of, like, truffled mac and cheese and truffled pizza and everything. And it's just, I think it, it can be so bad. Yeah. It's very true that your $7 truffle fries probably are not using real truffle oil. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I actually totally disagree with you, Joanna, about the reason why we're not seeing uh, things like shaved black truffles in cocktails. And it's not, I think... I mean, yes, sure. Maybe it's because some few very, very, you know, particular bartenders are like, oh, it could overwhelm the flavor. But like we see all kinds of goofier, dumber shit out there all the time. And it's I think the reason is that people just aren't creative enough. Like we haven't seen mm. it. Well, creative is made the wrong way to put it. They're not, you know, sort of uh, brazen enough to go out and figure out ways to get people to spend $75 on a cocktail. Like, yeah, that's you know, true. as was mentioned in the interview, like a big part of the reason why you started to see restaurants offering to shave truffles onto whatever dish you wanted for, you know, a truly astronomical price was, yeah, okay, maybe it makes the food better, but also because they know that some amount of people will pay to be the center of attention in that way. And yeah. if you think people won't pay to be the center of attention in a restaurant or will pay to be the center of attention in a restaurant, but won't do the exact same thing to get everyone in a bar to look at them when the bartender pulls out a little tiny mandolin and, a you know, takes the truffle <laughs> out of the case and shaves it over their fucking Manhattan or whatever, like you are clearly deluding yourselves. I just think it's like no one has really thought a lot about it. And, and I think in sort of positing this whole idea – I myself have wondered why we haven't seen a little bit more of this because we are in this period of time where whether it's the caviar bump or other kinds of like luxury accompaniments to drinks, cocktails specifically are definitely blowing up. Why aren't we seeing like foie gras, which is always a really hard set of words for me to say without sounding like, I'm just <laughs> like you know, like eating marbles, like a foie gras <laughs> washed bourbon old-fashioned i mean we got a we got you know the bacon old fashions fucking played out like up your game people and i think there's this whole world of like you know the so many of the really expensive cocktails we talked about and when we did an episode about expensive cocktails we all kind of you know fixated on and rightly so the idea of an expensive cocktail being made from a very expensive base spirit and that's kind of the way you get to a really yeah. high-end cocktail is you put really expensive liquor in it but the other way you do it is by 
adding these very classic luxury ingredients in a way that, you know, hopefully, let's be clear, makes the drink better or at least more interesting or something, but frankly also appeals to the kind of audience that wants you to know that they can order an $80 cocktail and will. And it's like all we've ever seen with those kinds of things is like, yeah, expensive spirits or fucking gold leaf, neither of which are that yeah. interesting yes. to me in cocktails. Gold I, leaf. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I would love to get a bartender's take on this. Me too. Because I feel like, look, if if we are also saying that the one of the bigger trends that we are seeing as well is the table side cocktail service. Sure. Like mm-hmm. this is perfect for that, mm-hmm. right? So obviously this doesn't work if you're at more of a traditional – classic now you know high-end cocktail bar where if you're sitting at the bar yes you see the drink being made but if not it's just brought to your table and you're done but i think with these table side services for you to be able to order that and then you know then then pull out the truffle shaver it it makes a lot of sense and i'm I'm curious like what cocktails do you think would work well with truffle i I mean mean, yeah i think it's just a challenging flavor but could it be delicious like as an old-fashioned yeah, that could be interesting. Like, could you infuse, you know, like the vodka with truffle and then basically do a truffle martini? Right? I don't know if it would work with a gin because there's already too many botanicals, botanicals happening, yeah. but I could see that. Like, I mean, I think Zach has a point here. Like, why aren't we seeing someone trying to infuse spirit with truffle or using a high quality truffle oil and then adding truffle shavings at the top? Yeah. Where I think just like, again, you get your like classic, you know, your like really nice, yeah, maybe vodka, but I think gin could pull it off too, martini. And you're there and the fucking, again, there's the visual of like, you know, forget the expressed lemon peel or whatever. Like who feels like a, a, a cooler person than the person who got the shaving of white truffle on their cocktail? And it's just like floating there in the drink. I don't actually know 100% whether it would like truly, truly work. I, I never no. tried it because I don't just have <laughs> white truffles lying around at home. But I do know that like I've done, you know, I've done like a truffle salt. Uh, uh, what did rim. we do? We did a truffle salt rim on a Bloody Mary, actually, which was really interesting, like a black truffle salt, um, which I thought was really good um, for some fancy brunch thing I did one time. And um, like, there's a lot of potential for these kinds of things. And I think it's because like, again, you have this mix of both possibly bringing a flavor into the party that doesn't typically get used in cocktails, you know, and also again, to have this mix of very, very obvious luxury and, you know, a show. And as we've been talking about a lot on the podcast lately, like I do think there's a lot of appetite for, showmanship in cocktails in particular right now because that theatricality is a big selling point for people right it's how you would distinguish a night out from a night in in a lot of ways because in some ways like as we've talked about a bunch on the pod like people have figured out how to make a manhattan so if you can't do more than just make the manhattan you can't give them something else like kind of what are they doing and if you need to give them the over the top show or the over the top ingredient. Well, that's a thing that a bar can do that, you know, even with a discount code, most people are not going to do at home. Yeah. I figured it out. End of the cocktail. Okay, I'm what? ready. Okay. So you would make a truffle old fashioned. So what you would do is instead of using the sugar cube with the Angostura, you would add truffle honey. 
Okay. Because right? there's honeys now that are infused with truffle with fresh truffles and truffle flavors. So you would use that instead. Maybe you wouldn't use an Angostura. Maybe you'd use like an orange bitters or something, mm-hmm. or you'd have to play with that a little bit. But then you make a really basic, old-fashioned, which is already decadent. And maybe to up the ante, you use a very nice whiskey. Mm-hmm. So a more expensive bourbon, maybe one of these rare, rare bourbons. And then you shape black truffles. I think that could work. I think that would work. I think that would work. Because any, anywhere where you could like – any drink that kind of already uses honey or sweetness, you could just play with a truffle honey, yeah. a high-quality one. And then – so you're already getting the flavor and then you're just adding the aromatic of a few shavings of truffle. And I cannot see how that would not be something people would order all the time. Like especially if you're then, as Zach was saying, using a very high-end top-shelf spirit as the spirit. Right. Right. So it's like we're not going to do an old-fashioned but then use like well bourbon or well rye. Yeah. Like we're using Michter's 10, right, which already is super hard to find and insane. But we're using that as the rye with this and the truffles. Yeah, it's 80 bucks, but like aren't you trying to show someone that you got the spend? Right. I, you could see people being really, really all about it, all about it. <laughs> people. All right. If you bartenders out there, if you start doing this, you gotta. If you come into a bunch of uh, truffles, yeah, right. do some R and D for us. Let us know. Let mm-hmm. us know. It, w- let us know what kind of truffle cocktail you would be into at podcastatmybear.com. <laughs> and you know, also if you just take part in truffles this holiday season, mm-hmm. let us know because I certainly am now going to. We <laughs> <laughs> so know. If you, you know, I put it out there for the universe and Dave slid into my DMs. It was the best. <laughs> so, you know, if, if anyone else is uh, interested in t- talking to us about truffles, I'm always open to hear from other companies. Just let us know. <laughs> Podcastofmindbear.com. And I will talk to you guys on Monday. Have a good weekend. Sounds great. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair Podcast, the flagship podcast of the Vine Pair Podcast Network. If you love listening to this show, or even if you don't, but I really hope that you do, as much as we really do love making it, then please drop us a review or a rating wherever it is that you get your podcast, whether that be iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere. If you are listening to this on a device right now through an app, however you got this audio, please drop a review. It really helps everyone else discover the show. And now for some totally awesome credits. So... The Vine Pair Podcast is recorded in our New York City headquarters and in Seattle, Washington, in Zach Chabal's basement. It is recorded by Zach, mastered, and produced by Zach. He loves all the credit. Keep giving it to him. Drop his name in the reviews. He's going to love hearing how much you love him. It is also recorded in New York City by our tastings director, Keith Beavers, who is the managing director of the entire Vine Pair Podcast Network. I'd also love to give a shout out to our editor-in-chief, Joanna Sherino, who joins us on every single podcast as our third and most important host. Thank you as well to the entire VinePair staff and everyone who's been involved in making VinePair as special as it's become. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.